All right. Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Hey, um, good morning. Episode nine of uh, Eating with the King. Mm-hmm. I'm Ryan. Alfonso. And we're excited to be here this morning. Uh, we're actually trying to do some multiple technology here, so I've got. Um, we're we're trying to get this into podcast format. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, we're nine episodes in. I just I know I've said this before, but just I really really enjoy the quality of the conversation yeah, that it's been really good. we're able to have with one another. And uh, you know, this this morning we spent some time together. Uh, we have a kind of a Tuesday morning discipleship group. Mm-hmm. And uh, just happened to, to be really blessed by a strong teaching from Pastor uh, Eric Mason. Um, and so, we're, yeah, just enjoying community this morning uh, and enjoying just the opportunity to, to cut a video uh, like this. So really, really excited uh, to do this. Um, hey, we're going to talk this morning uh, about uh, the seminary experience. Mm-hmm. And so Alfonso and I are both uh, graduates of different seminaries. Uh, but we are seminary grads, and so our experiences were, were pretty different. But um, we're going to focus not on, really not on my experience, but on, on your experience. You're a recent graduate of Southeastern Baptist yep. Theological yep. Seminary, right? The Wake Forest area? Yep, yep. And what, what did you study while you were there? It, we got a degree in church planting. Church so, planting. Yeah, so it was like the, uh, within our church, because we partner with the SVC, um, we were able to do a partnership where in our in our church network, so the H2O Church Network, they started this thing where we had like this cohort of people um, from our network who are all getting like a degree in church planning together. Okay. Um, so I was uh, a part of like, so there was like a first wave of people that started the cohort and then I came in in the second half of like when, of their uh, second year. Okay. Um, so I came in, in in that part of it. And so I pretty much, my last year, I was uh, pretty much by myself uh, doing seminary. Myself and one other guy in the network, uh, uh, Tasha Laird from uh, H2O. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. yeah. So we were we were uh, working through the last bit together. Yeah. Um, and then he's still going, and I just recently finished in uh, in August. Yeah. So. Yeah, part of our requirement for Bible study over the last couple of months was no no new books. He was no he was books. pretty booked up for uh, no books. I don't honestly. I don't. I don't know when it's going to be before I actually read a book of my own for my own pleasure. Yeah, just for the, the quality just, just of the experience. Just for the, the quality experience. of the experience of reading a book. I don't know when it's going to happen, but yeah. no, no time soon, though. Yeah. I've read more books. I've probably read more books in the last two years than, pro- than probably my whole life combined. Yeah. Probably somewhere up there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tons of books, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, hey, um, one of the things that we wanted to dialogue about mm-hmm. is you know obviously in with eating with the king um you know obviously this kind of why we're doing this mm-hmm. uh really is around just having healthy uh really honest mm-hmm. transparent conversations around race in the body of christ mm-hmm. and and just how we can through open dialogue and uh, that, that we can help one another we mm-hmm. can we can um exude christ likeness mm-hmm and um, glorify God in the conversation around race. Um, that's just something we're, we're really passionate about. Um, and so we wanted to talk about just your experience in seminary because mm-hmm. as an African-American male mm-hmm. at a Baptist seminary mm-hmm. in the South, mm-hmm. that had to be interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's talk about this a little bit. Wait, yeah. can you, let's, let's start at the highest level. Like just overall, 
how was the experience? Honestly, I I will say I I thoroughly enjoyed my seminary experience. Seminary is like twofold in mm-hmm. the way you enjoy it, right? So there's moments where you enjoy just the what you learn, yeah, um, which was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed learning a lot of different things that I had never thought through before, um, especially. I always tell people when people ask, like, what were your favorite things that you learned in seminary? Uh, my Old Testament class was amazing. Yeah. Um, Tracy McKenzie was a, he was, our, he was our Old Testament professor for Old Testament 1 and 2. Amazing course. Yeah. Like, one of the ones where it's like, man, a lot of that stuff I literally remember. Um, and it has applied to how I understand the Old Testament in relation to the New and the Bible um, being intertextually woven, mm-hmm. um, which means that, like, what you see throughout like Genesis and Exodus all the way through the Old Testament literally reveals itself in the in the new um, man that was like really transformative to even my understanding of the certain doctrine and the use of certain words and it's like where do we get baptism from and and uh, so many other things um, and so that that was like great so yeah. I, I learned so much in seminary it was, it was a lot of fun um, but then the other side of it was the workload. <laughs> okay. Uh, that, that's like the other side of it was the workload was kind of crazy, especially being like in full-time ministry. Yes. Um, but overall, I would say I had great professors, man. Uh, definitely felt tons of challenge. I enjoyed my preaching class. Uh, I enjoyed, I had a uh, evangelism course that I really enjoyed um, with, with Dr. Chuck Lawless, uh, which was great. Um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and then I also had a, a really cool, uh, great commission studies class um, this two semesters ago that was, like, really, really good. I had a pastoral leadership class this last semester. That was a lot of fun. Like, really convicting stuff, though, man. Yeah. Um, you can tell, like, the professors that – like, the professors I had, you can tell they had this deep, genuine love for, for Jesus and us glorifying him in every area of our life, man. So it was uh, – it was, it was definitely uh, – a really cool cool experience um I, I will say though i would not suggest seminary for people that if you don't if it's not something that you're really passionate about if you're not really passionate about wanting to actually go and like just study through like schooling mm-hmm. um those things i wouldn't suggest it for you just because of the workload unless you were maybe doing it full-time yeah i think it's a lot different if you're doing just seminary full-time um, but then even then, you know, there's there's moments where you might miss some of what it looks like to be learning, like, the deeper things in scripture and theology and being able to actually apply those to, right. like, ministry and, like, your life and your work and yeah. just your everyday life. And so it's a lot. It, I enjoyed the experience because I had many times, many, many times where I would learn something in seminary yeah. and I would be able to apply it into right whatever on. my life was going on. So if a student had a question, it's like, oh, I just got done learning about uh, the Holy Spirit, the doctrine yeah. of the Holy Spirit. Like, how do we get our full <laughs> understanding of the Holy Spirit? Well, let me tell you, my yeah. Old Testament class helped on this a bunch, <laughs> right? The, the old, us having the Spirit of God goes way back into the, the Pentateuch. Yeah. You know, when, when Moses is telling people that there's going to have to come a day where your heart's going to have to be circumcised. Yeah. Right. Man, that same doctrine, that same word is just used in the New Testament by Paul and even and even Peter uses some of the same language. So it's like I got to use some of it in like my ministry context. So. Right. Um, unless you're able to have that, that's when I would suggest seminary. But overall, it was yeah. great. No, that's overall, great. Overall, it was a great experience. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know um, 
you know, and that's not lip service. I remember just walk, watching you walk through that over the last couple of years. And, you know, there were times where it was really rigorous. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, just even seeing, I've gotten to see the fruit of, mm-hmm. of that knowledge that God has allowed you to have and uh, allowed you to experience through, mm-hmm. through that process. And, and so we celebrate that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you're, you, you are uniquely positioned, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you happen to be uh, African-American male going to a Baptist seminary mm-hmm. um, what in terms of the diversity that of your cohort mm-hmm. what did that look like mm-hmm. um, was it very diverse not so much mm-hmm. what what did that look like for you yeah in terms of in terms of the cohort like just from our h2o church network well just just like being honest about our network our network isn't the most diverse that's just mm-hmm. being honest on our staff teams yeah. um, you know, I'm I'm one of few minorities in our, in the H2O church network, and so I was the only one, only minority working through the through it in our just our cohort mm-hmm. uh, that I that I can remember. Uh, as I'm thinking now, I think I was the only one, mm-hmm. um, but that didn't really like had that in and of itself didn't really like change the way I experienced seminary because, like I said, at the same time, I think things are different if I'm actually physically in a classroom in yes. Wake Forest experiencing yeah. um, you know the differences and like diversity um, in, in the la- or lack thereof in, in that um, so that didn't really um, change too much yeah you know um, but that's how, how the cohort itself was yeah so um, okay so the the cohort itself wasn't incredibly uh, diverse but um, what about your faculty experience did mm-hmm. was that fairly diverse or what what did that look like so let me just clarify too like i'm not trying to just um focus or shine a light like it must be diverse it must Mm -hmm. be but i just feel like this is part of the richness of the conversation that we're Mm -hmm. trying to have around Mm -hmm. race and perspective so Mm -hmm. i I just felt like i wanted to qualify that as i yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's a question yeah so in terms of faculty i i know that southeastern does have some um minorities that are uh from different ethnicities that are professors and stuff like that. But I, I personally didn't have any through the online course material that I had. Um, I know that, um, I think I, and some of cause what happens sometimes in, in lectures is that you might have like, so your professor may be depending on what class you might have some lectures that might have guest lecturers because they were mm-hmm. maybe recorded a couple of years ago. Right. So there were different times where through some classes I got to hear um, from some people who were minorities. And so for a prime example, Dahadi Lewis, yeah. I'm pretty sure, oh man, did he, was he a guest lecturer in, it was either like one of my, it, was, it had something to do with one of like the, like evangelism or, uh, it might have either been like an evangelism or like Great Commission's class, some something along those lines, mm-hmm. um, in terms of like even like church planting and stuff like that. I, actually, it might have been my church planting class. Actually, yeah, it was my church planting class. He was like a guest lecturer, okay, um, in it. And so it was like, yeah, every now and then I got to hear, um, like from him, um, and I, and I'm pretty sure I don't know uh, if you heard of Tony Marita, but I'm yeah. pretty sure it's, yeah, Tony yeah. Marita is of Latino descent. Yeah, I'm he, he partners sure. with I think Gripke Seven yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got to hear from him yeah, in my preaching class, and I got to read his book, Christ, uh, the Christ Centered Expositor, which was amazing. That was one of my more favorite books that I got to read um, throughout seminary and stuff like that. So in terms of uh, professors and stuff, 
like my actual like people who were leading my class there wasn't yeah um, any of that um that like diversity piece that was there yeah um, which is totally okay i mean i one thing i've learned over time is this is that like man we definitely do like diversity is a beautiful thing it's a it's a huge gift from god um in so many ways right. um but i also do understand that like god can use any man that he wants to also bring truth sure so even if that happens yeah. to be majority white men in a seminary like he can still bring truth that can help lead to life and transformation yeah. um, um, through the scriptures yeah. through the understanding you know you think about even discipleship so like he can do that mm-hmm. um, so that was like the, the experience that I had in, in terms of in terms of like professors and stuff like yeah. that mm-hmm. yeah no that's good mm-hmm. um, I know that uh, you know just part of why we wanted to you know just even have this conversation today was there there were some things that um, are, you know, I, I would say, hey, it's worth shining a light on this, mm-hmm. right? You you had a unique experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably had some very unique observations of, of the experience itself, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. obviously we're speaking to the positive things that you've experienced mm-hmm. in, in seminary, and I know you're, you're grateful for the, mm-hmm. the education and, and all that stuff. Let's get a little critical okay. uh, here, you know, not, yeah. uh, we don't, but I mean that's part of the part of the you know if we're going to get anywhere in this conversation we've got to provide loving Christ like critique mm-hmm. of of kind of the experience right mm-hmm. so um, we're we're doing we're trying to do that in all things it's not just a seminary conversation it's in the body of Christ these are some mm-hmm. things that um, probably warrant some critique or some insight mm-hmm. so if if we look at um, some of the things that maybe could be improved upon or mm-hmm. observations you had where hey listen as a African American. Mm-hmm. Here are things that I wasn't experiencing mm-hmm. that um, I just found unique, or here's what's yeah. unique about my experience. So, yeah. can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So, um, and then also too, I have a question for you. Yeah. After I yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things, even in my seminary experience, I had um, definitely had some observations throughout my time, um, just because I've been thinking about a lot of these things, like a lot of stuff that we've been talking about for quite some time. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't even know how early on, but there there was a moment I know that when I was taking my Baptist history course. Yeah. That class really like opened my eyes up to a lot of things that I just was didn't know about. Right. I didn't really even know much about the Southern Baptist Convention to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, until I took this class and I learned like, oh man, how did the Southern Baptist Convention form? Yes. Well, it was because the Northern and Southern Baptists split over the issue of slavery. Right. And it's like, oh, the Southern Baptists actually didn't want to let go of their slaves. And here you are. And, it, 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 and, and so here I am learning about these things, yeah. you know. And so I remember though, I will say this, my professor was very gracious because I emailed him, Brent O'Quinn. I, really nice dude I, and I was trying to have a conversation and I didn't get a chance to maybe sometime I'll get a chance to come back around just because schedules weren't working out Yeah. Um, where I wanted to ask him to know a little bit more about like the history of like racism and slavery in the in the SBC because I, I just didn't know mm-hmm. um, until I was learning about these things that were going on where it's like yes yeah, some of the people who were leading were actually proponents of slavery Um, and some of the mistreatment uh, uh, of blacks and stuff like that and so that kind of like just blew my mind 
that this thing started this way. And so I will say this, though, is that, like, you, you can see, like, the, the work of God moving in a, in a situation where even, like, there has been some repentance upon the SBC of the things from the past, right? Yeah. Um, and so that in and of itself, though, even outside of just, like, you know, the Southern Baptist Convention or whatever, which has been, like, really great and so helpful. They help us plant churches and so many people. Like, it's, like the Lord's definitely moving there. Yeah. Um, but I'll, even outside of that, though, um, I think that there is this, how would I put it? Even outside of that being like the case, there there is this thing in my, in my mind that I think of sometimes when it comes to the fact that like, yeah, that was the experience mm-hmm. of what had went on there. But I know that even despite those things, like God is actually moving in the lives of people to bring like reconciliation to people groups. Mm-hmm. Even even though that was like something really hard for me to learn about. Yeah, it was like really hard for me to learn about because I was just like, oh man, this is like this is like a huge deal. Um, you know, it's like I'm learning about even like these missionaries that they that, that they first wanted to supply because that's where a lot of it started. It's like they wanted to send out missionaries, but it's like, well, we don't want to send out missionaries who like actually owned slaves. So that's where some of the split like came okay. from. Yeah. And so as I was learning this, I was just like, man, like have, are there like minorities who actually were sent out as like missionaries? And yeah, you end up learning about some. Yeah. Um, and so I was really thankful to learn about that. Um, but that stuff just led me to even think more about like, man, how can we like, hmm, how, how can we have this greater picture of the fact that like God can like uses the people from even different places to help bring like the truth of the gospel to others, yeah. which led to other things in my, my thoughts that I had throughout seminary, which was like, Oh man, like I, I get that there are, you know, some amazing men that I'm reading about yeah in just my course study. Yeah. But like, are there either minorities that might've contributed to like, theology as well it's just a curious question i have yeah like i said god can still br- bring truth through every brings truth so if it happens to be a bunch yes. of white men yeah. who understand the doctrine of, of sanctification and glorification and, and all those things and so be it but it's just like it's a question i have like have have blacks or latinos or just other people contributed to to modern theology yes. and like what and what we look to um in terms of like where we're doctrine and how the scriptures have been understood and interpreted. Um, and so that those questions really didn't get answered fully in seminary just cause I didn't, I never really just asked anyone, but those are things that I was thinking about. Yeah. Um, but one thing I do know though, and this is a story that I've heard Eric Mason share before, um, which kind of paints a light in terms of like why a question like this might even matter or why, this thought process can even seem like kind of sad sometimes of like why we have to even ask this question because sometimes like like when, when sometimes people think of like sound doctrine mm-hmm. and, and, and like preaching sound doctrine like you don't always go towards like I know from my experience coming to know Jesus and like mm-hmm. preaching sound truth it isn't always looked at from the advantage point of like oh yeah it's like yeah black people are the ones who are leading that charge it has been a lot of 
like white males that might have led that charge. I know that's not completely true though, because yeah. we were just talking Augustine. Most people right. would say that Augustine was more than likely probably like a he darker. What white? Yeah, yeah, he probably was more than likely black actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've actually had a friend of mine that actually told me about that even before we had conversion. I was like, oh man, that's like really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just something that that I have been thinking about for quite some time. And I when I was going back to my story with Eric Mason, he shared because he was in. He tells a story, I don't know if it was him or someone else who was in seminary, mm-hmm. right, predominantly white seminary, and his professor, who was uh, a European male, um, he, they were going through all these things, learning about different people who contribute to great things in theology and the faith in general, and he said the person, this African-American male who was in the class, asked a question like, hey, like, like, Along the lines, I'm not getting this 100% correct, but it's along the lines of like, hey, have there been any minorities or like blacks that have contributed to theology? And the way he tells us, this professor, he sits, he pauses, he he strokes his beard and he says, you know what? Like, you know, black people, if they've contributed to like the church in general is that they're able to just sing. That's like one of the things they can sing. Um, But there's no mentioning of like being able to actually bring forth like like some like aspects of like theology right. that have actually helped the church move forward in understanding true sound biblical doctrine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are just some of like the small pictures that some people might think when it comes to minorities and what they can even contribute. Right. Um, it's yeah. almost like a false sense of limitation on mm-hmm. their ability or, or yeah. The, yeah, it's like, well, okay. Yeah, yeah. we can sing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we can do more. You yeah, know, like it's not just limited to that. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, mm-hmm. which is a really interesting thing, you know. And and what's crazy about that too is that like the question comes from a place of just like like why don't we ever hear much more about how God has used other people to bring about these things? Right. You, get, you get what I mean? Yes, yeah. that's, that's just where the question comes from. Right. It doesn't take away from the things that are already there and, and they came from. And, and yeah. document, it doesn't yeah. take away from that. It's just like, why don't we ever hear about the guy who's like literally African who has brought some great things to biblical theology? Yeah. Like, well, and I think like, okay, so this is, this is why we're getting together. Like, I feel like it's okay to say, I think we've identified something mm-hmm. that we're putting our thumb on a squishy spot mm-hmm. like this is this isn't right mm-hmm. all right so it's i don't you don't need to apologize for this we don't there's no, there's nothing about that like we've uncovered something where we say look this i mean how much more enriching to your experience as a seminarian mm-hmm. would it have been if some some aspects of the contribution of african americans to the conversation around theology was there Right, not just uh, oh, we've got a guest speaker who's working this out in present day, mm-hmm. but what about what about the the men who, and women who have contrib like what what about the the historical contribution mm-hmm. of these folks? It hasn't been captured. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a that's something to grieve. There, mm-hmm. There's a richness that gets mm-hmm. lost in that because you know, in essence, what happens is well, we've got a document, we've got a you know, so what what happens is what more of what we've had, mm-hmm. right? Is we've got the the predominantly the white male experience of the theological contribution to education we're thankful for that oh, 100% but thankful. there's yeah. more yeah. that needs to be 
brought forth. There's more that would contribute to the richness and the appreciation of the conversation of the div- what God's doing with all of his people mm-hmm. and in, in moving the kingdom forward. I yeah. think that's what we're, we're it's okay for us yeah. to put our, our and, thumb and on that. And, and that, what you said is like how God is using all of his people. Mm-hmm. That, and that's just where the question just stems from. Yeah. Has there been even other people from yes. different ethnicities and backgrounds who you might live in even different cultures and countries mm-hmm. that God has potentially used right. to influence how we look to this look at the scriptures and like how it informs yeah. some of even some of our doctrines. That's just where the question yeah. comes from. Yeah, and, like, yeah. and like we said, you have to iterate for some people who may look at this and say, Well, you're just you're trying to take away. No. I don't want to take away. We're trying anything. to add. We're to. just yeah. We're just trying to say that like yeah, God can use so many people. Yeah. And and like yeah, does it truly? At the end of the day, when we all pass, will it really matter who He uses? No. No. It, at the end of the day, it really doesn't. So if, like I said, if He ended up using a bunch of white men, if He used a bunch of black people, if He used a, a ton of Asians or Latinos yeah. to help bring it, like like it doesn't matter who. Yeah. Because it's truth. Yes. Right, it's, it, it's true. Yeah. But I think it's like really cool to see like how he also is because you have to think about like if if people are created in the image of God, mm-hmm. right? And 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 people in their in the diversity of who they are, who God created them to be, is beautiful. Then why can't we see more of that? That's yes. it. It's just like as if you're a part of a church who it's just like yeah, all we see here is a bunch of people in the body who are just hands, but we don't see the head or the mm-hmm. shoulder or yeah. the foot. You know, when, when Paul gives this example of people like, yeah, the body is made up of different members but make up one. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm and so totally with you on that. And so that's just a small just like picture mm-hmm. of like where the where that stuff comes from. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well and I think like even uh, <coughs> I think there's a second kind of thumb we can put on that and i know you had a question for me so i want to make yeah. sure we come back to that but um I, I think a second thing that we can put our finger on and say hey this is a squishy spot is um you know honestly the the eastern contribution the mm-hmm. non-western world contribution mm-hmm. to moving the kingdom of god forward right mm-hmm. you know so i mean kind of what we're what we're putting what we're putting a light on is you know um in the western experience of seminary mm-hmm. and education we're shining a light on the homogenous uh, information that we've collected, with predominantly Western, predominantly white. Mm-hmm. But there's a the, the day and the time has come and is come where, uh, honestly, to to really capture all of what God is doing mm-hmm. is to I think twofold. One, uh, to help uh, to to see the contribution of non-white Westerners. Who are contributing to this world, you know, uh, into the world of theology and moving mm-hmm. the kingdom forward, and then secondarily, the non-Western world, Asian, African, mm-hmm. Near Eastern. Mm-hmm. There's a ton that's being done. There are more Christians on the con- continent of Africa than there are human beings in the United States today. What is being documented there, and how mm-hmm. can we, how can we gain from that? How can mm-hmm. we learn from that? And how can, honestly, how can it? Help us to make sure that our view as Westerners is not elite, because that's mm-hmm. one of the stumbling blocks of a lot of mm-hmm. uh, colonialization and imperialism is that we look down upon the contribution of others, mm-hmm. um, and that's not right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it's something that I think that could could help in this mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah, so. no, I think that's good, and 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 too, I want to hit on that. Uh, 
I think that we can't go and look to a certain group of people as like better than sure because of where they might have stood in terms of being able to communicate the truth of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to hear that. But my one question yeah. for you then, through your seminary experience, what was yours like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I was fully vocational in ministry, and so my my experience was was online predominantly. Um, but it, through that experience, like, uh, I think that the deeper level was, um, it was fairly similar in terms of very homogenous in terms of my, uh, the faculty that were engaged in my education. Mm-hmm. Um, I had uh, one gentleman for an apologetics course, uh, I think it was Ergen Kaner. He's kind of run into some controversy, um, over the last couple of years, but, um, that was really the only, uh, professor that I was experiencing uh, through the the format that I was in that was not white um, that I can remember mm-hmm. uh, and then the literature was also very um, very white you know very very homogenous but the supplemental that um, what God was doing for me in in ministry as a whole was he was exposing me to men and women uh, in the world of you know, kind of the Northeast that I was working in, where I got to be a part of of planting, uh, helping to plant a church that was not white um, majority, where I got to um, I got to meet Eric Mason, I got to meet Dougie Logan and and Charlie Mitchell and and Derek Parks. These are really good friends in the Epiphany Network, but it had nothing to do with my seminary experience. But what I realized was. Hey, in my, uh, you know, I went to Liberty uh, Baptist Theological, which uh, a little bit of controversy lately <laughs> uh, at Liberty with uh, some of the leadership there, which is, has been sad to watch. But very white experience, uh, very, uh, you know, male experience. And God was using that to kind of shine a light on some of the daily experiences that I could gain uh, by interacting with others who didn't look like me. So it, it was basically supplementing my seminary experience, which didn't have hardly any of that. Mm. So I, I, does mm. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, honestly, uh, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not anti to my education. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying this to be pretentious, but, you know, I've got two undergraduates, two masters, a PhD, and a postdoc. Um, and so I, I like education. But I would say that um, the richness of my seminary experience was the more richer because of what God was doing in relationships around me that weren't white. Mm-hmm. And, and those weren't coming from seminary. They were coming from boots-on-the-ground ministry mm-hmm. and, and, and finding relationship through God's help with, with people that didn't look like me mm-hmm. in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's so, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, what would you, you know, just out of curiosity, say you have a kid mm-hmm. and your kid goes to seminary, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you and Catherine have a, have a kid and mm-hmm. kid grows up, wants to be a preacher or a, a minister of some capacity. Mm-hmm. And you could hope for the future of mm-hmm. what you would desire for your child to see mm-hmm. in the seminary experience, mm-hmm. in the experience um, mm-hmm. that you would want for them to have. What, what would you hope for? What would you, what would you want to see? Yeah, that's you know? a great question. I think more than anything, the number one thing I don't want to see, no matter where they go, is one, true biblical sound doctrine being preached. Mm-hmm. That's, I, that's number one for me. Yeah. No matter what or where, when, how, whom. Yeah. 
that's above anything. That's even for my own life, mm-hmm. right? So, like, the reason I enjoyed my seminary at, in Southeastern was that. Yeah. Even though it was, like, you know, predominantly white. Yeah. Dude, they were preaching sound doctrine. I don't got no issues with that. Yeah. What, what, what I'm going to be upset for? Right. You're not leading me astray. Yeah. You know? So, like, that's above th- other everything. But, but then, other than that, is and just in life in general, I would love to just see this. And, and this is just for... I would love it to be like this for my kids someday, um, is that they would live in a place where, like, they get to see the beauty of God mm-hmm. through just the diversity of just the people he's created. Mm-hmm. That's what I would just love to see um, for for them, mm-hmm. you know, being able to be in an experience where it's like, yeah, I went to a seminary um, with a bunch of people who were completely different from each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and, and that includes, like, um, just people of all different backgrounds and groups and, and, and cultures and things like that. Um, I would love that to be the case. Yeah. But if they're, if they're, if I would say this, if their experience in seminary itself was similar to mine, I would be okay with that. You would? Yeah, I would. I, I, I that which is could be unpopular for some people they even sure. think like oh man I'm I'm shocked you would actually say that yeah um but but the, that's because it goes back to my first point okay it's like it's sound truth yeah I, I mean I, that's that's where I I stand and I'm I don't want it to be one of those things where what happened because this is my fear in this greater conversation about race yeah we've had this many times i've told many people this in my life that my greatest fear would be that there would actually instead of being reconciliation and unity right people would actually separate from each other that's what i'm afraid of right sure i i'm afraid of that big time Mm -hmm. because that doesn't reflect the scriptures yeah. It doesn't reflect what the gospel was meant to do. Mm-hmm. It was to reconcile us to God and each other. Yeah. And the each other is people who are different mm-hmm. from each other. Yeah. People who look different, who talk different, who come from different backgrounds in terms of like family history. Mm-hmm. Right? And also bring together oneness between people who are just plain old sinful. Yeah. You know, and so that is what it is for me. Right. As to like what I'm afraid of. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want that to have to be the case for my kid. But I also want them to be in a place where people don't look down upon them mm-hmm. because of the color of their skin or where, or who their dad is. Yeah. You get what I yeah. mean? No, like I that, do. That, like I do. That's, that's kind of what my hope would be. Yeah. Um, even though I would love for them to be a part of a seminary where, yeah, they're hearing from people who look different all across from you know, different professors and people who are different lecturers and even people who might be in their class. Yeah. I would love for that to be the case. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say something mm-hmm. that um, I don't, I, I don't know that this would be popular. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I would, I'm going to come at it from a different angle, Let me hear you. which would be, I actually think part of what's so hard for white people mm-hmm. is that, um, they're not getting enough of the alternative point of view. Mm. So this, so I'm saying doctrine is tight and right. Mm-hmm. I'm saying theology is in its place and it's good. Mm-hmm. But there's something to be said for white white students. Um, I, I'll say it for me, uh, but I but I do believe this to be true. That I would 
my awareness of the beauty of the full diversity of the kingdom of God would be enhanced much more um, when I have the experience to sit under doctrine is tight and right, theology is great, person doesn't look like me, person doesn't have the same experience I've had. I, I actually think that, um, so I'm coming at it from the white angle, right, you know, that I actually think it would be super, super helpful for for white students to have more experiences with that, more encounters with that, mm. right? You know, um, would I be, um, you know, so if I had a child and 20 years from now, well, I do have a child. <laughs> I've got four childs, <laughs> four mm. children, right? Mm. Um, so I'll just use, um, you know, one of my kids, if, if they were to go to seminary and have the same experience I did, um, I don't know that I'd be okay with it. Uh, I, w- I would be excited about it from, I do think that the doctrine was good. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, you know, I've always talked about in seminary, I feel like I have a number of the right books on the shelf now. Mm-hmm. You know, from Carson and mm-hmm. Moo's New Testament, mm-hmm. Duval and Hayes grasping the Word of God, Erickson's Systematic Theology, um, let, you know, uh, letters to my students from Spurgeon. I mean, I've got, I've got, I've got some really, really good books on the shelf right now. Um, but if 20 years from now my child is in seminary and their experience is the same as mine and it doesn't really reflect the true diversity of the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. I think that that child is going to struggle mm-hmm. with really appreciating the, the, the true diversity of, mm-hmm. of the kingdom. And frankly, um, and this is what worries me a little bit, is a supremacy of mm-hmm. whiteness. Mm-hmm. Uh, that hey, you know that we're the contributors to theology. We're the contributors mm-hmm. to doctrine. We're the con- no. I mean, we are, but we're not exclusively that. Exclusive. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I appreciate what you're yeah. saying, um, but I'm I'm also looking at it and going, mm-hmm. we started this conversation for a reason. Mm-hmm. We didn't we didn't start it to be a lightning rod and go, hey, let's just talk about racism. Let's talk about uh, br- brokenness in the in, in the church just for mm-hmm. kicks and giggles. We're, we're talking about it because we're, we're seeing that there's something inherently or systemically mm-hmm. wrong, mm-hmm. not kingdom reflective. Mm-hmm. And um, so how, God, are we going to be able to change this? How, God, are we going to be able to, to see this look different? And I actually believe pedagogically, the way that we're taught, um, it would be radically helpful. Mm-hmm. I, wa- I, want my, I want my child to sit under your teaching as a mm-hmm. teacher, as a professor, mm-hmm. as a, an instructor, mm-hmm. Because your experience, mm-hmm. um, my child needs that. They need to hear it. They need to see it. They need to, they need to see the orthopraxy of it, the working mm-hmm. out of your mm-hmm. theology as a male who's African-American, who's in a small college mm-hmm. town and trying to do, mm-hmm. you know, we've had these offline conversations, yeah, yeah. and I know the, the, the difficulty of which mm-hmm. you're engaging this stuff every day. Mm-hmm. My, ch- my child needs that, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's kind of where I'm, I'm coming from in that, but... Mm-hmm. But that's part of why I love this conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. is that we can we can kind of kick that stuff around. Yeah, for sure. So. And too, I think one of the things as you were talking is I think it is really beneficial for for all people to be able to understand, like, because like obviously we know that truth is truth. Mm-hmm. Truth is truth. God sure. has given us truth. But like sometimes in terms of the way it plays out culturally yes it changes in some circumstances yeah right Mm -hmm. and and so i think it's like okay how can we learn from like let's just say like this is why i think what you're saying is like great 
So I think about uh, a kid who grows up. He's like, I want to be a preacher. I want to be a plant, a church planter. Yeah. Right. Um, but let's just say it's your kid. Yeah. And he's like, but I have this huge heart to want to plant in an inner city. Yes. Right. You know, the the worst thing to happen for your kid is to not ever have an understanding of of that area in which they might want to go into. Sure. Right. So what can be beneficial for them is if maybe they listen to a, a church planter mm-hmm. who comes from who the inner city yeah. and learn like, hey, what was your experience like there? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's just like being able to talk to someone. It's like, yeah, this is what it was like planting here. Yeah. Now, just because this was my planting experience doesn't mean it was yours, but this could be potentially helpful yes. for you to be able to understand the population in which you're going into. But if you don't ever come in contact, yeah. it makes it extremely difficult to be able to relate or understand, which is why I always love Paul's words in First Corinthians 9. I've been going back to it for yeah, like the last lot, few months. A lot. The last few months because it means so much. It's yeah. like to the Jew, I became a Jew. The weak, I became weak. I became all things to all men that I might reach some to know Christ. Yeah. And so what he's saying is I stepped into these spaces to understand these people so that I can know how to apply the gospel. But if you don't step into and understand those places and yep. in in that people group, it makes it hard to know how in the world can I go and apply the gospel to this circumstance, to the situation, to the city, this geographical area. Yes. And, and I think that when we can get a picture of some of that yes. in our seminaries totally and, and in our teaching, yeah. and even and, and you get to understand like how you can even go and relate to different people yeah. in order to bring the gospel to them. Yeah. That's why I think it is beneficial in what you're saying. Yeah. Like that's what I would love seminaries to look like yeah. is that like you get that because we understand that the culture out there is different from within the church. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do we go and understand those situations and those people totally groups in order to be able to bring the gospel to them? Yes, the gospel is true, mm-hmm. but there also is tact in the way that the gospel is also presented to people. And yeah. you can see it in the way that Paul even talked to different churches in his letters. Yeah. You can see it in the way that sometimes Jesus might have encountered certain different people yeah. in terms of how he approached them. Yeah. Right? He didn't talk to Zacchaeus, the tax collector, the exact same way he did the Samaritan woman. Yeah. Right? Because they're different people from different contexts. Yeah. So it's like that's why we need those things even in like our seminary because they are helpful to us being able to bring the gospel even though we know that God's truth is truth and it will save whomever he wants it to save when he wants that person to be saved but I think he also did give us this ability to be able to understand people who are different than us that we might be able to even use some of what they know right in order to apply the gospel to it yeah well and I you know yeah man that's just good I, I love that. Uh, here's what I would say. Like if I, um, so, t- so tangibly, somebody might be sitting here going, well, where, where does that seminary mm-hmm. exist today? Right. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's fair to say right now, mm-hmm. I don't think you'd say SEBTS is right there. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're getting, you know, they're working. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't, nobody's, d- nobody here, neither of us mm-hmm. is providing a critique saying, well, they're, you know, they, they just suck. Right. This, this is not, <laughs> as not it. But I here's what I would say. If somebody asked me today, Ryan, um, what's the you know, it, you know if my kid is is wanting what you were just describing, wh- where's the where could I go? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's where I look at. I look at something like Grimke Seminary, mm-hmm. uh, where Doug Logan and and a bunch of folks are contributing to that. Marie, um, Marie is one of them, uh, but it's. Um, 
you know, I look at if somebody were to say, Coz, where would you want your kid to go right now? Um, you know, granted, I, I don't know where they're at in accreditation right now. I think mm-hmm. that's something that they're working on. I've, I probably should have done some homework on that, but I actually didn't mm-hmm. know that the conversation was going to going to lead to this. But, you know, somebody said, well, hey, where's a, where's a sort of experience like that, Ryan, that you're wanting, you know, Alfonso, like if my son was wanting to plant and I wanted him to have the diversity of the experience of what that plant could look like and, and hearing and experiencing the word of God through different leaders that don't look like my son or my daughter, I'd send them to Grimke. I'd send them to Grimke and say, well, first off, you need to, you need to take, take a season of life and just get kicked around a little bit in doing the work of ministry. But as you're, as you're preparing uh, for, for something like a big step, like a plant or, or something like that, or taking over uh, a, a ministry that's more uh, in a different context, I'd send them to Grimke and say, hey, this is where I think you should go. But I, I'm not, uh, that's not uh, to, to, to be to the slight of others, but it's to say it's the one place where I can see that starting to manifest in a way that, that I haven't seen other schools mm-hmm. do just yet. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah. well, this has been good, man. Yeah, I, for sure. Thank you for sharing your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, gang, we're going to get better at these platforms of Facebook Live and YouTube mm-hmm. Live, and um, we're doing a podcast right now with Anchor, uh, I'm I'm just trying to get my head around all of that, but we're gonna we're gonna capture the live stream here. We'll upload this later. But um, can I can I pray for us? Yeah, for Is that sure. okay? Yeah, and, for um, and I would just say, folks, real quick, I, if you don't have this, um, find it. Ask God for it. Ask God to bring someone into your life that doesn't look like you, that you can be in a church community with, that you can walk in relationship with, and and friendship with and have these types of conversations with. I think that if the narrow road Christians, um, that those Matthew 7 Christians, you'll know what I'm talking about if you're familiar with the Sermon on the Mount. If we have these encounters regularly and repeatedly, I think that it will do something to change the ethos of the body of Christ for, for, for better glory than what it is already reflecting. Um, as we are image bearers mm-hmm. of God. He's an image bearer of God. I'm an image bearer of God. You're, if you're following Jesus, you're an Im- Well, actually, if you're a creation, if you're a human being, you're an image bearer of God. You may not know it, but I feel like the more that we put ourselves in these situations and relationships and friendships, the better off we'll be in the body. Mm-hmm. So let us pray. Um, Lord, we just thank you for today. I thank you for just uh, fellowship this morning with Alfonso and our friend Nolan and just the blessing, the richness of conversation we've had, God. And uh, Lord, I just, I pray for more, more of you in our lives. I pray, Lord, that um, as it relates uh, specifically to the conversation of race in the body, that you would uh, be more and more at the center of conversations right now, that you would be uh, sanctifying us, Lord, helping us to better reflect the absolute beauty the absolute beauty of the mosaic and the diversity of the kingdom of God that exists Lord and I think of Lord as as it is being done in heaven as it as that is also being demonstrated in heaven Lord demonstrate it more on this earth I pray uh, we love you God and we just thank you for this time in your name we pray amen amen God bless you gang see you